It's recap time, baby. Week three. Steve Fezzik, me, facing off. Now, we did the... Facing off. Facing off. Well, (laughs) we're going to disagree. Let's be honest. Every loser you have, you think it was a bad beat, so I can't agree with all those. All right. How'd you do generally this weekend? Yeah, uh, great college. Yeah? Not as much NFL. 7-1 college and NFL 1-3. So a big winner for the week. Yes. All right, and your NFL in the season fifty six percent. That's that's what you build, that's what you build houses with, right? Yes. All right, that's how you don't have to work if you hit fifty five. All right, so good there. We had a nice week in the uh, super contest, four and one. So we're now at uh, what eighteen, and well, let's think about this. Eighteen? No, no, no. Nine and six. Yes. Sixty percent. Mm-hmm. Take it. You know, Lifetime, we have the best record in that contest of anyone in the Gold's history. You know, it's interesting. You say, we'll take it. And it, it really is an excellent discussion because although it shows great acumen. No, no, no. It only takes one or two lucky weeks. I, listen, give me within shouting distance of the end. You're going to get lucky sometimes. But I still would argue 60% is negative equity. It, well, it is. In any contest. It is. Well, if there's any contest that's not, it's the Gold. Just because I think what's the over under the win this year? Sixty two percent, sixty three. Mm, because you're saying there's not very many people. In yeah. It. yeah, that's a good point. We have five thousand to go in. This yeah. is like the old school contest. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, I think like Mackenzie, why don't you pull this up? Can you just tell me what the winning? I, all I need is what the winning percentage record was for the winners the first four years. I'm on it. It would take a minute. You know, take your time. I would think sixty three and a half would on, be a good. Over-under. I think that would be a good average actually. Yeah. Because uh, and but unfortunately the year we were tied with uh, the first year we were tied with two weeks to go, we were up at like sixty eight percent. So that was a good year. But some of it too. The, a lot of pros play the same games. You got a hundred people, sixty five percent should win. A lot of pros play the same games. So what ends up happening is some years are up or down just based on depending those games on how those games do. Those yeah. swing games that, that that the consensus is on. Yes. Now I've been looking at the circa people and what they pick, and you know a lot of the people that's done well historically there are very contrarian. Hmm. Like, I mean, like, in a good way, not contrarian from the public, but now it's almost a second level or third level. They're contrarian from the, the wannabe sharps. Oh, there's people in Survivor taking, taking the four-point underdogs. Well, but yeah, that's just dumb. They, well, I, I don't mean, wanna... but what I'm saying is yes. if you look at people with a proven history, like, say, they're three years in the contest at 61%, let's say. Mm-hmm. That, you don't pick 15 or five a week at 61% for three years or even at 58% and not be good. I agree. So you look at them and you see them like playing like yesterday. Um, well, you know what I'll do is as we go through the card, because what we're going to do here is just recap kind of quick each of the games and just say what was deceiving. Everyone knows what the score was. We'll tell you the score, but everyone knew that. Everyone knows the big plays. What was deceiving, Fez? That's the question. You know what? I'm going to let you start by picking the one game that you've got the strongest feelings on, that this mother was deceiving. Oh, immediately you put me on, on I'm out of my cruise control, but that's, that's, that's oh, fine. Oh, you'd, you'd rather no, go? No, I okay. like this. I like, we're going to go Saints-Panthers, Okay, all right? so the, the final score, the score on the TV set was 22 to 14, and that was with Carolina winning, 22 to 14. Exactly right, and Carolina was styling the whole game. They had the big lead. There was never in doubt. But very misleading statistically. This was a dogfight. No one could move the ball. Carolina, who hadn't had a turnover, a positive turnover all year, got a 50-yard fumble six, and things just snowballed in the so stat. So the defense didn't get a turnover from the other team till now. 
Yeah, that, that's correct. And so uh, the Panthers, yeah, they won easily 22-14. to 14. They only got 12 first downs. They got out yards by over 100 so, yards. So state your hypothesis, which is Carolina's win was deceiving in its ease. Yes. Carolina was lucky, very fortunate. They did not outstat the Saints. The Saints just imploded and played. Would you say very fortunate, or would you say fortunate where instead of an easy win, it should have been a nail-biter? I mean, you don't think, I think the Saints should have won easy, do you? No, no. It should, well, let me it should you, have been a pick em type of game. Let me give you the objective numbers. So what hmm. we've done here, because we don't want to have too many numbers, we said we're going to take yards, we're going to take yards per play, and we're going to take first downs and project out a score. Hmm. Then we're going to go to Kevin Cole from PFF who does his projections. He's, you know, very – what does he do? He adjusts EPA, expected points added, but he does it with plays that aren't repeatable. Pick sixes, hey, they count. The team just did good, but you can't expect more of those in the future, right? Mm -hmm. Or any more than any other team typically. So if you remove the lucky parts and leave the skill, that's more predictive of the future. Kevin Cole actually said, and looking across here, that Carolina should have lost by six. All right, so the stats said, and the stats said they should have lost by nine. So really, and both of the the points of saying Carolina should have lost, you're saying – they should have lost. Yes, and ultimately, it's hard for me to downgrade a team that's like really won in a blowout. And I, I, but I did not adjust Carolina. I did not upgrade them. I was thinking about downgrading them, and you, I said, "Were you a little high on them? Were you a little higher than the market before?" I was. The game? Okay. I was. I was. Right. So if if you were lower, you might have reevaluated. Okay. Possibly so. And then on the Saints. Yeah, this is interesting where it, it's a it's a weird example where the Saints should have done much better on the scoreboard, but they got all banged up. So their running back Kamara got hurt. Their skill position players on wide receiver Michael Thomas got hurt. I'm worried about their quarterback Winston, that back injury being um, not properly priced. So I actually did downgrade, despite the good stats, I downgraded the Saints minus a half more because of the uh, condition they're in. Okay, so the line in this game, the world opener with Carolina plus two and a half, or 2.8. So in between two and a half and three, and it closed at two and a half. So the market really didn't have a super strong opinion, and we're saying the game was somewhat deceiving. Looking ahead now, Saints specifically, Jameis has 18 back injuries, I guess. Mm-hmm. Seems like it affects him. Co- coach comes out and says, yeah, we're, Jameis is our starter. Are you looking to play on? Against or neutral with the Saints? Well, I'm kind of a goldfish. I only can look one game ahead. Mm-hmm. And looking ahead to London, I tell you what, if I got a quarterback with broken bones in his back that has to fly all the way to London and has issues with skill position players, I want no part of the Saints this coming week in London. Okay, fair enough. Even though they had a deceivingly bad score, mm-hmm. that's just one factor. Right? Yes. Okay. Now we're going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go through. What do we want to do? Let's go through rotation from here. You want to do one more phony go final? Ahead, go ahead. And, and you yeah, know. that's what we'll do every week is whatever games you have a passion on, we'll start with. So go ahead. Let's talk Bills-Dolphins. Okay. So let's say on the scoreboard, the Dolphins, who are now undefeated, amazingly, Tua, 21-19 win by Miami. Yeah. So the Dolphins get the win, but look at these stats. The Dolphins got outgained by like 280 yards in this game. Now the play count was extreme. 90 to 39. So the Ooh. Buffalo had a 15 play drive and a 17 play drive. They didn't get touchdowns out of either one of those drives. If you watched the game, it was just 
it was almost unbelievable. Everything that could go wrong for Buffalo did go wrong. The clock ran out on them at the end of the first half, by example. Now, was that ran out, or they they had bad execution at the end? You tell me. They're going to spike the ball to kick the field goal, and Josh Allen f- kind of mini-fumbles the ball. And so now he knows if he spikes it, it's intentional grounding, so he threw it out to the flat, and the time ran out. So bad execution, I guess. I guess that's I guess that's execution in the heat. But then, but then he skipped the ball at the end of the game, right? At the end of the game. So it seems like he didn't play so good. Yeah, there's a fourth down play that a pass he completes for a touchdown. I would say 60 percent of the time, and he completed it on a on a big hop. No good. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's talk about the things that were negative for Buffalo coming into the game. Cluster injuries to end all cluster injuries with the D back. Secondary, yes. I mean, literally, it was White still out, cornerback, both safeties out, and I think they had one more out, right? I yeah. think all four of the, of the start, like who, I guess one guy's out for the season now, but as of the preseason, who we would have guessed would have been like the week eight starters? Zero for four out there. Yeah, and so given that, you know, it's hard to grade them because they they actually played well defensively. They held Miami, you know, to, to 200 yards, five and a half yards per play. So defense played much better than expected. So are we in a situation that we could say the following, that Miami is getting a lot of love. There's a lot of talk. Three, and there's not many 3-0 teams. We'll see about Monday night. Games only, going on. Only 3-0 in the AFC, I believe. So in a way, that's great, obviously. But in another way... They, sh- they should have, could have, almost did lose to Baltimore, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you give them credit. Down, down 21 in the fourth quarter? That's an unlikely scenario, yes. It, 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 150 it to 1. But it is the debate of, like, those points are just as valid. It wasn't, right. you know. But they could eat, like, one more tip pass. It's, a, you know, an interception. So, okay. And this game, they could have easily lost. I mean, if Buffalo was not so injured, if there wasn't so much heat— if he didn't have trouble at the end of the half, if he didn't have trouble at the end of the game, a lot of ways they could have. End of both halves. The clock ran out at the saying, end of the yeah, game, half, too. The half and the game, yeah. So my thought is the Bills, if they were, or I'm sorry, Miami, if they were one and two, we'd be singing a whole different tune here. Oh, right? no, no, no doubt. I actually downgraded Miami a half a point. So think about this. You beat the best team in the NFL at home wow. as a five point underdog, and I downgrade you half that, a point. That is actually kind of shocking. It matters what order you're listening, but if you're listening to the market report, as Fez likes to call it, in which we look at all the line moves that's happened in the upcoming games, we talk at length about the fatigue factor that's going to hit Miami with all those plays. Just to tell you how unlikely it was for Miami to win this game is if you go back like 30-some years in the database and you say, well, what happens when one team has double or more plays then the other team, it's only happened in this 30-some years. It's only, I guess, 33 years. It's only happened, uh, it's 9-24-3, and three, so 27, 36 times, about once a year, hmm. about once a year. The last time it happened was, um, oh, my gosh, it happened this week again. The Raiders had their plays doubled against the Titans. Ooh. So let me see here, yeah. So the Dolphins, okay, so the, the, so the Titans had double as many plays. Is that right, McKenzie? You want to check that, McKenzie? Yeah, checking it. Wow, wow. How's that coming with the record of the winners? Got two of the years. How, what were the records there? 67 and 69%. Oh, a little years. higher, a little higher fast. 69 mm. last year, wow. <laughs> All right, 
that's pretty. And then the last time it happened was 2017. So think about that. If I told you I just had a hankering to, to bet a long shot, I, about once a year a team doubles the number of plays of the other team. About once a year historically. Still that, find a way to lose. I, but No, no. It's only once a year they even double. Yeah. Right? Forget that. Oh. A, the, the teams, by the way, the record a, uh, ATS for those teams that get doubled, 9-24 against the spread. Nine wins, 24 losses, three pushes. And straight up, they're 9-27. and 27. Mm. Right? They get outscored by 11 points a game, and they lose against the spread by over a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But Miami wins, right? So only seven. But now I'm saying, no, no, no. I want there to be I, – what I want to do is is I want to um, – I have a feeling, though, it's going to happen twice today, though it hasn't happened since 2017, you know, the doubling. And it happens once a year over 30 years. What kind of odds would you give me twice in a week? One in 900. One thirtieth squared. So one thirtieth, right. as in it would be what? Once? What's the one thirtieth coming from? You said it happens once a year. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. One twentieth squared. <laughs> one four hundred. Uh, because the way I would figure, there's it, eighteen weeks. Yeah, and I just I can't multiply eighteen times eighteen. <laughs> but what? So the theory is. So what is that right, Mackenzie? It's it's not the same on uh, ESPN. What's it say on ESPN? Shows the Raiders had. 65 plays to the Titans, only 55. Okay. And, th- and that makes sense because they both had comparable first downs, 21 and 19. It would be hard to believe they had that big of a difference in plays. Okay, so this is interesting. Let's make sure this is – now, it has to be something. I mean, the Dolphins comes up here. Hmm. Yeah. So I'll have to figure – so let's say this. Let me do one thing here, make sure I got that right. Okay. I'm going to just put these in brackets, I think. Sometimes – I don't know if you've ever heard of order of operations, Fez. I'm guessing it went to Northwestern. You guys touched on that, Sure, right? you could put in those parentheses and do everything inside the parens first. Exactly. Here we go. And if it's west of the Mississippi, it's not cheating. Okay. No, it looks like I got the same thing. Hmm. Okay, so let's just say this. I'm uncertain of what's happening here. Um, it does feel right that it'd be once every whatever. You know, hmm. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to check. Uh, I guess it doesn't really matter. Let's just say this is, let's say it's unsubstantiated rumor but I would say this. If I told you one team had doubled the number of plays, what would you put them? And you knew nothing else about it. And you and it wasn't some trick where I was like only going to tell you because it was weird. What would the odds be of that team winning? 88%. The team that doubled the plays? Yeah. Okay. Sound about right? I don't know. It, 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 yeah, it does. Because I don't really have a great feel for it. But I do know that the fatigue is going to be huge. Yeah. So do you upgrade Buffalo? I left Buffalo right where they're at. Okay. Because I would make this case. If you have all four of your or four key D-backs out, you're playing in the heat. And this is as hot as it's going to get, it seems like, right? The effect of the heat. That game was affected more by heat than hardly any game I've seen in a while, right? Yes. And you almost win. It feels like that's a sign of strength. It does. So it can't really be strength for Miami. That's right. All right. Next. So ultimately, I chose to downgrade Miami, and I said, eh, Buffalo won the stats. But, but you know what? Josh Allen, he's everyone's MVP, and he really did not play well in the high leverage key points of the game. But then again, it was 100 degrees, and you know, maybe that had an impact. Next game, and you got two more you really have passion for. Yeah, let's talk Jaguars-Chargers. Oh, now I'm going to pose a question that you can answer throughout this discussion. How good are the Jags? That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Go ahead. You know, 
I am not sure if the Jags are an average team, but I went all the you way. You think they might be better than average? I went them. I, I brought it to average, so I upgraded them two points. Well, what was the two choices? Average or a- below a- average? A- three choices: average, below average, or above average. But what was the choices you were? I actually gave. I, I think average is as high as you can give. So below because, average. Because or average? preseason, yeah. Because preseason expectations. Here's a six and a half win team, the Jaguars. All right. And they lose week one, and they they, they lose to a Washington team that's so not very good. six and a half wins equates to what on your power ratings at the beginning of the season? About a minus three and a half. Okay. So that means minus three and a half from an average NFL team. Yes. And where are they now? Zero. So they picked up three and a half points. Yes. They didn't pick up did they maybe picked up a half the first week? Nothing. Maybe? Nothing. Nothing. They lost. Nothing. Yeah, but you can lose and still, you know. Yeah, right. And then they picked up a point and a half with the Colts. Uh-huh. Fine win. And you know what? I just said, you know what? I'm giving them two points. They beat think about this. So they play the Colts. They're supposed to, the Colts are supposed to be a playoff team coming in the year. Twenty four nothing. Colts just beat Kansas City. Yeah. And then they play the Chargers, supposed to be a playoff team, supposed to win ten games, and they beat them. 38 to 10. So for, that's 62 to 10 over eight quarters against two projected playoff teams. Yowza. That's about as good in eight quarters as you're going to see. Now, here's what I'm predicting. Okay. I did this on for, did I do this with you, McKenzie, the, the AJ imitation? Uh, but what he's going to say about this game? To, oh, I guess maybe he talked about it last night. I can't remember which one was AJ actually telling me. He was telling you, you recapping what he's going to tell me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here's what I predicted. I didn't get a chance to hear today's SOVAM. I love it. I, the feedback's been great. It's in this feed. If you haven't tried it, check it out. But one of the things we can do, Fez, is I'm, I think we should pick like two or three questions that we get to submit to the team that does SOVAM, which is AJ and Scott Seidenberg, and they have to answer it because I'm the boss. Ooh. So can we do a rebuttal though to the response? If it warrants it, yes. But the, the thing is, we're going to set them up in areas we know they're biased. By the way, I'm doing the SOV tonight. Oh, oh perfect. Yes, yeah, special Fez guest. Now, are you going to do it remote? You're going to call? No, it? I'm coming in. Damn, and yeah. you're going back for the halftime and driving back. Yeah, dedication, man. There you go. All right, then if we get done by the halftime, we're trying, baby. <laughs> we're trying. So here's the question. Is I, that I'm going to ask AJ that I think we were going to get. I'm going to predict the answer. It's going to be a variation of. All right, the question is going to be: Well, what did you think of Herbert's performance when they had a blowout loss? And what do you think of Staley? You know, I'm going to have to refine the question. But what do you think of Staley keeping him? You know, in late in that game, right, Herbert? And he'll be like, "I'll tell you something. It wasn't. Listen, if you had broken ribs, if you had re, off the bone." How would you play? Right? That was the easy part. He wasn't going to play well. But the guts, the gut, the tenacity on that kid, I think it translates. I think it translates later. To me, it's an upgrade. The whole program, everyone. I'm predicting mm. something like that. Mm. What do you think? Well, there's something to be said <laughs> for being a warrior. Um, I, you know, that, that you're... That you're what, you just said how dumb it was for him to be in. Well, let's just put it this way. If he breaks his ankle like Trey Lance and he gets carted off the field, I think his teammates might come by and, like, check out how he's doing versus trying to get on the page with Jimmy G. You know what's funny, McKenzie? I remember once... Um, uh, oh, God, I'm having a mental... This is stupid. I should have a mental blog. Um, Chris Andrews, right? Chris Andrews worked for me for, like, what, nine months, was it? And I liked Chris, right? Very knowledgeable, longtime bookmaker. He's at South, you know, head of South Point now. Wrote wrote a, a, an exceptional book. Then one day, you said you didn't like it. That was the second book. Oh, okay. Is, Read the first book. All right. 
Fed, Fed seems to have a lot of uh, 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 promotional shares with books. It's like you don't recommend anything but books, which I like because I'm a reader. But it is strange. It is strange all the book recommendations you give. Like, remember a couple of times I go, do you have, like, ownership of the copyright? Were you naming I, I, I can I can assure you, and you know this yeah. to be a fact, that Chris Andrews is well, not, Chris always been it's nice. not kicky. He's always been nice to me but until it's just, recently. It's business. It's business. It's, it's, it, 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 you want people to bend over and take it. That's a sign of them tell, being nice. You tell Michael I always liked him. <laughs> it's just business. Uh, then he says, can you get me out of this one? Oh, time's sake. Can't do it, Sally. Nope. All right, but here's the point, okay? We were walking out, and he, he was talking about actually Nick – who he's, you know, good friends with and had a lot of history together. Bogdanovich? Yeah. And he goes, Nick's one of those guys that he doesn't seem like a nice person, but he's a nice person. Yeah. And all those people that don't see, that seem really nice aren't nice, right? Not always, but oftentimes the ones with all the pomp and circumstance opening the door, deep down, it's all a game to them. They're trying to gain. Uh. But some people are genuinely nice. Yeah, Nick, and and Chris, we don't need you to defend Nick. Love Nick. I know you love any anyone, anyone that will take your bat. You want to say nice things. I get it. Until they turn on you and don't take your bats, then you want to say mean things. All of a sudden, they become worse people. Right or wrong? Well, uh-huh. there's going to be so a mandatory, we're not doing that. There's going to be a mandatory downgrade. <laughs> but my point being, what Chris was saying was, this is a nice guy. He just doesn't seem obviously mm. so. And isn't it funny? Mackenzie, I mean, let's be honest. The guy has some weird emotional attachment to Trey Lance. I mean, we've, we've documented that. But yet he bet on the 49ers the week after he went down. Doesn't matter. The point I was going to make mm-hmm. here is, I'll stick to my point for a sec, is somehow the cracks that you make about Trey Lance and AJ, I don't get It's like you, you know he's weakened. You know he's upset. So you figure let's put the knife in. And, but you're the one that's going to say, well, let me make sure to defend Nick here for a second. It's like, no, I didn't say anything bad. If anything, it was the opposite. But then when it's someone that you partner with, how can I make him feel bad? Hmm. What's, what, do you sense that, McKenzie? I haven't heard Justin Herbert and Trey Lance be compared to one another unless it's bringing me down. That's, that's the only reason that it yeah, comes Yeah, and, and, you know, people would say I'm the hardest on you. How have I been with it? There. I mean, not only fair, not fair. It's I've been. I said I feel bad for you. I know you care, and, and I appreciate. And it. And have I made any cracks about it? No, but they're coming. No, they're not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not going to act. Here's the difference. I'm not going to act like Trey Lance is something he's not. I won't do that for anyone. Dylan has a great line. He goes, "I can't provide for you no easy answers. Who are you that I should have to lie?" Amen, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, what do you mean? You, you don't believe that. You like lying when it's convenient for you. Not at all. No, that's why I joined pregame.com. Oh. Truth provider, providers. Right. But all I'm saying is, as we move on, I don't feel like I'm getting a really good, authentic response from you. Slow down. Don't try to be funny or anything. I'm saying, have I done anything anti like made fun of you for Trey Lance's injury? No. Has everyone else? Yes. What do you think that says? There's a reason why... Uh, it says yeah, that yeah. I'm kind of nice. I just, just don't show it all the time. Fairest boss I ever had. <laughs> fair. That, he keeps saying fair. That, that sounds like faint fair praise. No, but I mean it sincerely because people take what I call cheap shots, not just with me and Trey Lance, but generally, and you never take that easiest 
approach, which I, I, I appreciate. I always like the tough triple Lindig type die. <laughs> exactly, the quadruple X. <laughs> uh, okay, there you go. Say the same thing, but different, but not as good. Metaphors, baby. <laughs> That's the... <laughs> All right, Fez. What else we got in that game? Anything? Jaguars zero. Would you, oh, are Jaguars, they, are, okay. would, would you say they're above average or below average? I think this is all about: do we approach this from the top down or the bottom up? This is also about priors. If you don't, if we just had this season, Jags could be one of the best teams. I mean, it'd be Buffalo first, right? I mean, if all we had was this year, I Philly's mean, won. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but uh, but but they're top. They're they're clearly top five. Two two crushing wins against good teams and one coin close to coin flip loss to Washington. You know how we can do this. Jeff Sagrin doesn't do any mm. any past, and it's just oh, okay. so pop up Sagrin's NFL. I just want to see, but I'm guessing Jags are somewhere in the top seven or eight. Mm. Right, no, no doubt about it. And then now, be specific what they've done so far in three games. Yeah, so they crushed the Colts twenty four nothing. Yeah, they crushed the Chargers. Annihilated them, and they lost a close game to Washington. Okay, on the road, on the road, and they were, you know, what I'm saying is that. But I, yeah, we just recounted it fine. But what I'm saying, I think we'd all agree, pretty good to start with. But coming in the year, they were not the bottom. What were they? Fifth, sixth, seventh from the bottom. Seventh from the bottom. So what we got, Mackenzie? You got to talk into the mic. Sagrin has them as the 22nd best team. Then, then he must do something yeah, different. He's got then. a prior. Uh, who doesn't use priors? Hmm. I don't know. Okay. It's something to look at. But no, there's no way. I mean, that's crazy, actually. So, so now I wanted to ask you about this. So, so, I, so I guess my question is, do you, how, you, I think, have less priors than, than most of the sharps I really recommend. You are a little quicker to change. At this point of the year, what percentage is this year? What percentage and priors is what you thought of the team coming in the year? It depends, but the priors don't like. Let me finish. You'll like my response. But you don't have to start qualifying right off the go. Just give an answer. Sixty percent priors, forty percent the date on three games for an average team. However, if there's a We're team, an average team. Let me finish. I got. It. If there's a team like the Jaguars, there's a tremendous amount of uncertainty with the whole Urban Meyer and in, and Lawrence, and in comes the new coach and Peterson versus. So you saying you weren't as sure on your prize. Exactly. Whereas a team like the Chargers, I'm pretty darn confident well, see, about how good the Chargers I, I are. I disagree. With or that. the Vikings well, or a team on, like on. that. I, you just named two teams, though. One with a second-year coach is erratic. And one with a new coach. How can you really think you know Minnesota better than – you don't even know what offense he was going to run. Yeah, that's a good point. I, right? used, I probably used bad examples with a lot of moving pieces. I, I mean, Patriots. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we could say Josh McDaniels left, but there's always changes. Yeah, you'd be reluctant to make any dramatic change to a team like the Patriots. They are who we thought they were, right? Yeah. You know, and, and, and I'm trying to think of another – I don't want to make a big change to the Bills. I don't want to make a big change to the Rams. Bay. You know, the I'd Rams, say, that's yeah. a great example. I think Tampa Bay with all the O-line – That's injury-related. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's, but that's seasonal-type injury. Exactly. And there's coaching you know, turnover with with them as well. So the, the, the maybe I didn't adjust them. I moved the Chargers. Now, I moved them down for injuries. Mm-hmm. But just for this performance, I only docked them a point. And I'm like, boy – but, but I got them so low now. I've got the Chargers. Well, I mean, they're under 500. I mean, Staley's like 500, right? Yeah. I mean, he's 10 and 10 with Josh I, Herbert. Are they, are they an above or below average team now, Chargers? Here's something that really made me not like Staley. Now, John Middlecoff, who I like personally and who I listen to his pod, um, He's taking a victory lap saying Staley's a, you know, saying fraud. Mm. 
And he says the way that he can ascertain that, being from Northern California, is the guys who he can tell are spending a lot of energy on communication, as in almost like, you know, those concepts like neuro-linguistic programming where the way you say things can really affect how people perceive you. We all know that, but there's science around the way you can do that effectively. Yes. It seems like Staley has a lot of the attributes of someone who's given a lot of thought to that. Now, to me, that means that whatever the public, or in, the, in this case, I think the press's opinion of him, who he's tried to, I think, influence... Because if you're if you're loved by the press, it's easier to do to, to get jobs in the NFL. Who are we kidding? Sure. I don't blame someone for understanding that this is a way to try to gain an edge. And I don't look at it as particularly evil that someone would do that. So like like Middlecoff is saying because he does that, that shows he that he's a fraud. And, and, and covering up something. And I'm saying, no, we all try to communicate the best we can and put off certain impressions. It doesn't mean we feel like we're fraudulent. We just don't want to be graded. Like if, It's almost like steroids. If other people are doing PDs and you don't, you're at a disadvantage. Sure. To try to just meet parity and do what others are doing. I mean, we can debate PDs or not, but that's hard to say they shouldn't do that. If Staley's just better at, at, at manipulating people in a way hmm. or persuading them, I don't think that means that his what he's selling is bad. I think he just sells it more effectively. Hmm. All that said, I don't like him as a coach because this is something I've said in, in Hackett is the best example. Inexperience means they don't have experience. And that's not good. That's not good. And I get that if it means you have a futuristic view that sometimes the trade-off of experience versus, you know, a innovative futuristic view, the view wins. Like, obviously, if we look at the boy genius, good marketing there, right, is he's a good coach. I mean, whatever a coach is supposed to do, he's sure. Good. He's young. But you add up the two, but they were smart enough with him to bring in Wade Phillips mm. to run half the team effectively for a couple of years. That's a great point. So he wasn't McVay. Don't put too much on one guy's plate. And now you've got a situation with Hackett. He's calling plays, though he's never called plays in his life. He's got all this new. So to me, now on the other hand, Miami has a new coach and it looks like it's going pretty good. Yeah. But, but I do think new coaches are hit or miss. I don't think Staley's proven himself yet. I think he's proven negative things, maybe. And he's been inconsistent. Like, like he's not being as aggressive on these hyper-aggressive plays Which this Which tells year. me that he's either didn't believe it last year or he's compromising now because of pressure. And either way, it's not redeeming. Exactly right. So, I would much rather you know have the consistency. So the bottom line is I don't – I've got the charges as an average team. I got these both these teams – it's amazing. This game closed six and a half. I got these two teams equal now. Dead equal. They're both average teams? teams. Jaguars, Chargers. Wow. So you're saying that literally if they played on a neutral uh, at some time where Herbs doesn't have a hurt ribs, you'd say pick him? No, oh, no. With, with, with him playing oh. in his current state. Well, Fez, you got that. Listen, we need a deal right now. We need a deal that you're going to go through your, your um, power ratings. And just put an injury offset in and, and use that with injury so you can have a steady number that changes or not. I'll do that. I mean, cause, because it's really quarterback, really, yeah. yeah. Well, whatever yeah. it is. I mean, you would have if Buffalo we, we as have a downgrade. A, yeah, we'd have a, we need a healthy team power rating. Yeah, and, and then, then we another. have a, the, the current offset. 
Okay, right? I'll do, I'll and then do it's that. Just, it's a simple, it's a saying, you can get a net number, but at least you know the column, way it's split up. Column A is the current number, but column C is the real number if, if, when exactly. they get these guys back. And B will be the injury I got offset. It. I All got right. it. Okay. Oh, by the way, McKenzie found this. Broncos bring in help for Hackett, hire Jerry Roseburg to assist first-year head coaches during the game. I liked it. Yeah, I like that. I like that too. An immediate, and so, so many coaches says everything's fine. You know, I'm like, I like my decision. Like he's like, no, we, we got to upgrade here. I mean, and so he did it. Belichick doesn't even call plays, but I mean, he had decades of systems in place. You know, you think about it. The culmination of doing this right was the Super Bowl against Seattle, where he doesn't yeah. call the timeout. I mean, he and it's funny he was third level thinking. I mean, first level thinking. What's he doing? He's got to call timeout. Third level. They're in the wrong play. They're going to screw it up. And if you watch the tape on that, he is so calm. Yes. And he's like he's not letting anything bother him. And he's. I mean, to me, that's one of the great moments. One of the great. I, I just love the fact that of the Pats' victories, so few of them were dominant wins in the Super Bowl because it shows you it's a matter of it's like the great Al Pacino. It's the matter of interest. What were you gonna say? Just, just the adjustments. The, 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 all the de- all the little. De- You've seen that uh, Al Pacino speech, right? In no. every any given Sunday. I saw the movie. Okay, but this is what we'll do next week. When we get a little more time. We'll play. We'll play that, and you can tell me what you think of it. All right. We, all right. All right. So um, one, one more game. We go next. Yeah, game? but quick thing on the Chargers. Last thing. <sighs> Mackenzie and I are doing some work. And let, let, let me give you an example. We're, we're trying to figure out red zone luck. Mm-hmm. And the way we're doing it is saying, how did the team do in the red zone versus how do we think they should do in the red zone long term? Now, where do we get that long term number from? We say all the plays tell us something about the red zone plays. Mm-hmm. So if a team is, let's say, the fifth best offense in the league, but in the red zone, they're number 18. Is there a chance that there's something about the red zone in this team that doesn't go well together? Maybe. Maybe they can't run. But maybe it's unlikely that distance makes a ton of sense. It's too big of a distance. So we believe in general the bigger number of all plays tells us something about that smaller subset. you got a good offense, you should be good in the red zone. Bad offense, you should be bad. Very well said, simply said. Okay, last point, though, is we don't don't just apply all the plays – to the red zone saying they should have about that same efficiency. What we do is we say, huh, it's probably somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. There's probably something about the red zone that they're not doing well, but there's probably something about all those plays that means something there. So we usually split the difference. Makes sense. I think with Staley, they've lost too many games now to say, oh, it's all just bad luck. Or I think there's something he's doing that hurts the team. I, I agree. And I don't know what it is necessarily. Mm-hmm. Next game. Next game, Bengals-Jets. Now, this is an interesting game. So the Bengals win by 15. The stats say it should have been a much closer game. Uh, so, yeah, so we got um, a one-point win by Cincy by the stats, three points, Kevin Cole. Go ahead. Don't care. Going with the scoreboard here. The, the eye test says the Bengals completely outplayed the Jets. They took the opening kickoff, went down for a touchdown. They were never in doubt. I'm upgrading the Bengals. Why does a touchdown on the first drive? If anything, that's the one drive that's least indicative of the rest well, of the game. My, my point right? is they had command of the game by early third quarter. I'm upgrading the Bengals a point. I'm lowering the Jets a point. McKenzie, write this down. Edible paper. No. Um, Edible <laughs> 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 paper. <laughs> that's from Night Shift. Henry Winkler. 
and uh, Michael Keaton's in it. It was the first Ron mm. Howard movie, I think. Mm. Oh, no, 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 wait. Uh, I think Night it was, Shift the was first... a TV show. No, this was about, they ran a, um, a mortuary that also mm. uh, really? pimped prostitutes. Unlikely combination. <laughs> I think that's right. Um, well, I know that is, yeah, Night Shift. There it is. Why is, it, why is there a cartoon on so the So they cut? could have called it Night Stiffs. Ooh. Nice. And then it had something to do with the prostitutes, but the guy. And you following? And the body. Oh, that was what you meant? Yes. That might be the most advanced joke Fez ever made. I was just going to say, he never reached that level <laughs> of intricacy when it comes to comedy. No, because I was thinking, oh, it means. Uh, there you go. All right. Um, yeah, you can take that off the screen. Is <laughs> Oh, here's my idea. Let's look at teams with their first two play uh, drives removed. Because to me, like Dallas is famous now recently for doing so the well. Scripting the, of the 12 plays. Yeah. But I think sometimes a script lasts into the second set of play or second yeah. drive, right? I think maybe if you take out the first drive and take out 50% maybe of the second, you know, just downweight it and then say, what's the rest of the, it look like? What's the, and it might be interesting, The first right? quarter's artificial. That very much and would help you with your live wagering too. Very yeah. Good. Okay. Um, you you uh, continue that? Yeah. Um, next oh, game. Are you, are you done with Cincy? All right. I'm, well, I'm, well, do you agree or disagree? You don't, you don't, you well, don't like this? let me ask you this. Is, I don't, I mean, I can't speak on this game, but I know what kept Cincy off my card was I thought, do we really, everyone seems to agree the linemen are having trouble with cohesion. We've got many studies that tell us that new linemen start season slow. Right. So Bengals addressed their, their lineman problem, but we think they did. But they they're still on paper. Proved on paper, but they Burrow keeps getting sacked. He only got sacked twice, but he was under pressure in this game. Now, but the other people said, well, you got TJ Watt, you've got um, the Cowboy uh, superstar phenom Parsons. Yeah. Linebacker. He was at Penn State, wasn't he? Yes. Okay. I mean, I, I remember they were saying he might. It's so funny because he's turned out to be an edge rusher. That never happens. You never draft someone as an off-ball linebacker, then they're an edge rusher. So amazing talent. But a lot of people thought he was an outdated pick. Like it was like if we were 20 years ago, he'd be a great pick. Just like the the Ravens, though, they pick a safety that feels kind of old school, and at least now he's struggling, right? So well, he, got, he punched out a key fumble in the Ravens game. Yeah, and that's in what the, you're gonna. That's what you're gonna the get. New England game, yeah. That's what you're gonna get. But we know from a slow safety that yeah. she better be able to do something right. Yeah, it's exact. What was that dude from the Dolphins? It was like five ten. Zach, Zach Taylor. Is that no, what no, that is? no Zach? Dave, yeah, I know. He the, wore like the, a, he wore the linebacker. Like, yeah, he wore Thomas, like right? yeah, Thomas, Zach Tom. Yeah. yeah, so you're gonna get those plays, right? Like when I would play against people in basketball that were a lot better than me. Yeah, I, I'm the one that makes the smart, you know, timeout or whatever, because that's all I can do. You know, it's like, that's, yeah, I, listen. He may turn out to be a good player. And you know what? I need 10 or 40 seconds. Trevor Lawrence. I haven't heard anyone like trying to dunk on me yet. Let me be clear about something. I thought I made a bet on this that Trevor Lawrence would be starting his fourth year. McKenzie said no. Oh, you win. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because it's the draft equity. There's so much put into this guy. They're going to give him every chance in the world. It looks like he's going to maybe turn out to be 10th, 11th, 12th best quarter. He might be like maybe one smidge below Matt Ryan career-wise, meaning almost maybe he gets third in the MVP one year, second maybe, because Matt Ryan had an MVP, right? Mm -hmm. 
but otherwise, he's not going to be the kind of guy you think, oh, he's going to carry a team to a Super Bowl. He got too much talent that he went. What I'm saying is he, it was John Elway, Andrew Luck, and then Trevor Lawrence. That's the hollowed ground supposedly he inhabited. And I'm saying I don't see that. And it means he's got to be a top three quarterback for me to be wrong. Not yeah. three of the last 30 years, but three current. If he's going to be named with three people since 1980, two others and him, maybe he should be top three in the league at some point. And I'm saying I don't think that will happen. The fact he was so bad last year was just an added bonus for yeah. me. And, like, he, and he, could be, he could become a top 10 quarterback by the end of this year. It's I don't think that will happen. I but, don't think so either. But, but he could. Go ahead. Exactly. Uh, Texans-Bears. i got to ask you about this game. Terrible game. Stats dead even. Someone had, someone had to win. So the Bears won by three. I want to... Like slightly upgrade the Texans. I want to slightly downgrade the Bears, but not. But I only go by half point incre- increments. Is it time to go to the decimal system? Because I didn't adjust. Either. Well, we know you don't want to go to hundreds. Let's no. start there. No. But <laughs> but what I will say is this: um, I think we got to do something new and different. And I think we got to figure out: is are we talking about a team as a big underdog, or are we talking about a team winning a game? Because I would make a case Dan Campbell hurt the Lions. Oh, we'll get to that next game. Would yeah. you agree with that? Yeah, we'll talk about that. I yes. know we will, but the point I'm making is it's connected now. Mm-hmm. So let's bring it into the conversation, which is Dan Campbell getting nine points and being down by 17 with eight minutes left. Maybe he's the best coach you're going to have. No doubt. But he hasn't proven himself to be a tight game coach. He doesn't have a team maybe that's good at that. Those are two different things. Houston look bad when they could have won a game. But they've looked bad kind of This is a really good point. Go ahead. Where you're going is that Houston hasn't learned how to win yet. But Well, maybe you don't learn how to win. Maybe not. Maybe it's a skill set that is different. But maybe you wait and just back them plus the 8 and plus the 10, similar to the Lions, and and that's their role, right? I saw a real good tweet today, Fez. It said, against the spread results when losing game, Mm -hmm. right, last two seasons, the Lions are nine and six against the spread in games they so lost. Think how strong this is. So, th- so if you just told me nothing else, the Lions did not win today. Mm-hmm. How much would I want to b- play against the, their opponent who was favored? I would say, well, that's like a sixty percent. Probably that's like close to sixty percent bet to bet against the Lions, and it's been historically well, a forty percent bet. Well, I tell you what, it's been the rest of the NFL since the mm. start of last season in games that they lose straight up against the spread. They're thirty-seven. And 261. What? They are 12%. Wow. Yeah. Now, each. So they're 60. The Detroit's 60 in a stat that's 12 and a half. Exactly. That's uh, the numbers right there. That's pretty significant, don't you and think? Some account, it's checkmarked at RJ in Vegas. Oh. oh. But, <laughs> but um, I mean, look at that 37, 261, and four. That's RJ in Vegas. Yes. Nine and six against the spread. And if you that's look at the greatest tweet. If you, if you look at the records, what's funny is no other team is above 500. Even every other team, not even 500. The Lions and, represent 25 percent of the victories. And there's only there's only about four or five teams with more than than two. That's amazing. Now what's funny is if you're like if you're never an underdog, you can't ever get, you know like the Bills or whatever. They're, they're, yeah, they're an underdog. You 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 can't if you're one point underdog you, or two one half point underdog, you can never make this category. Yeah, yes. Well, yeah, and the and 
I think the way you'd have to grade it is the Lions have been bigger underdogs than most because the bigger, you know, if you're a 17-point dog, obviously it's easier to do this, right? But even if you account for that, Even it's if you crazy. query the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're not going to have good numbers. And no other team was even above 50%. That's, so. that's, that's strong. So bottom line, Detroit plays super hard for – they never give up. Look no further than week one last year when San Francisco was up 41-15 to 15 and the Lions covered. And, yes. But look at Houston. If you go back through the years, Houston has had – you know, let's just look at last year, Mackenzie. Pop up last year's super sheet and tell me how many fourth quarter win shares Houston has had above 40% that they lost the game. So 40 is like a threshold of, boy, that's a coin flip, right? So in theory, they should have about half of the games that they're in that 40 to 60 range, let's say. They should win half and lose half, right? I think we're going to find out it was much different than that. Um, you need some time on that, Mackenzie, or you got it? Just one second. Okay, you need some time. Um, real quick, Fez, let's go. I just want to go to the game or two we just talked about. But let's start with this one. Houston had a uh, 39% chance to win the game. So actually, wasn't as tight as it seems, uh, 61 for Chicago. Mm, that's still for, for a team that loses. That's pretty good, right, to yeah, be 39%. Yeah, but, but, but I think we were looking at it as a it was, it, Yeah, I think Chicago should have won by one, <laughs> and they won by three. So the biggest changes between what actually happened – and obviously, there's going to be inverses here. But um, if you look at it, Buffalo got unlucky. They had a 48% chance and lost. Detroit um, had a 66% chance, and we'll talk about that, and lost. Um, let's see our last couple here. Kansas City, 60% and lost. San Fran, 52%. There was a lot of, like, it's, it's very uncommon to have a fourth quarter win share Above, above 50, 50 and, and lose. lose. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't happen very often. A lot of times this week. You know, uh, let's, let's talk about those Lions then, because I actually upgraded the Lions. They lost by four. They were catching six. So they exceeded expectations, but only by a smidgen. But I upgraded them by a full point. I thought they took it to the Vikings the entire game. They outplayed the Vikings. What, what did he do wrong at the end of the game? You th- I mean, coaching-wise, what was the problem, you think? Or any? He made one really a common mistake that 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 coaches make. He got too conservative. So he's up four. He's marginally in field goal range, all right? He's, um, and excuse me, he's up three. And he attempts a 53-yard mm. field goal. Now, here's the problem with it. Here's the math. It's the ch- one score still, even if you yeah, yeah, the difference between three and 60, and this is this will be controversial, and I don't really believe it, but it's close. I would almost rather be up three than up six. Because if I'm up six, the other team's just going to score their touchdown and beat me. And about three, they'll play for a field goal. But yeah, I'm, I'm being a little silly. But here's the point. What's the probability of making a 53-yard field goal? Eh, maybe 60%, maybe 57%. What's the probability of getting that first down? Probably 50%. It's close. But if I get the first down, I win. I win 100%. If I make the so, field so goal— So it was a kneel out? It would be a kneel out after that—yes, after that first down. So what coaches—they're they're way too conservative in that sense. Go for the jugular. If you can get a kneel out, if, if you've got a, a different tree of permutations, but one of them's like 50% that you win immediately, well, I mean, if you don't make it, you're still going to win so, you know, a good chunk of the time. So in yes. a dome, in a dome, makes the kicks a little easier. Yeah, called— I'm just saying, I'm just yep. throwing in some factors here. Yep. Um, now, here's—this is kind of funny, but it's true— I don't think Detroit has been in a 
have a high leverage play in so long, you think they'd have like a nice reserve. You know how you can run out of two point plays, or they should have a good like salt the game away fourth and sixth play because they haven't they been usually, in that spot. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> they, you know, they did go for it like on on I think six times they went for it on fourth down in this game. They were like crazy aggressive, and then they got conservative. Okay, so Mackenzie, we're saying they had an eighty. We're talking here, Houston. Is it just last year? Last two years. Last so, two years. Yeah. Counting this season as one? Yes. Okay, Fez, this is a story. When they had a fourth quarter win share of 100, 91.4, this is Houston, 88-86, win, 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 win. Then they had one at 51. What do you think would happen there? That would be a loss. That's a tie. <laughs> That's they right. tied. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> and then they had 38-7, 28-5, 16, blah, 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 and then in the single digits. So actually it wasn't what I thought. Boy, maybe, maybe it's they. I mean, did it feel like they've had some close? I mean, I know the tie is one that sticks in my mind. This uh, Patriots game where they had a twenty-nine percent, they were up double digits much of the game. Yeah, I thought but they the should have won quarter, that. Yeah, they, they were. No, they shouldn't mm. have. I mean, that's the thing about the fourth quarter win share. It is pitiless. It just looks at yes. the facts. But okay, debunked. All right. Anything else? So Lions upgrade a point. Yeah, I and I moved so. the Vikings down. I have. I almost. I think you got to move them down more. I, again, I was going back to maybe a, like I talked about this, how confident I am in the teams. I'm not confident in Detroit's power rating. I thought I was pretty confident that the Vikings are slightly above no, average team. No, Could be no. wrong. Be new it, coach. They right? might be above average, but remember what happened on opening game was Green Bay seemingly Ooh. now an annual first game problem. Number two, though. But Green Bay's playing well now. Yes. So, but, Well, are they? I think they're playing all right. Yeah. Number two, I mean, think about, we'll get to it. Think about Tampa Bay, how limited they were personnel-wise. Yeah. I mean, multiple linemen out, multiple receivers two out. Two starters on offense, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a 45-year-old man at quarterback. You made your case. I'm going to lower the Vikings a point. I think there's a lot of there's a lot to worry. And you know what? The Vikings lose this game, which they easily could have if Detroit just got a first down. It's not even a question. I'm like, oh, of course I'm going to downgrade the Vikings a point. They just lost it as a six-point favor, and they got their butt kicked the whole game. And remember, let's say this one more time, 66% chance for Detroit to win. Mackenzie, where's that rank? What's the biggest win shares that lost? And if you want to just do this year and last year, that's fine if it's the same sheet. Want me to throw those on the screen? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this is going to be up there. I'll take Cleveland and the Jets for the limit. Oh, that's true. We had a couple of ones <laughs> Either Week one was really funky. I know. It, well, it's going to be interesting, actually. I like this fourth quarter win share. Now, um, I was going to make one more point. Oh, it's not just that Green Bay has stinkers in week one, because let's be honest, we would have made our biggest bet of the year on Minnesota, which we didn't, right? I mean, sure. I, 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 we had Minnesota. Yeah, you I, liked Minnesota. Yeah, but we didn't think it was a lock, or there yeah. are no locks. You know what I'm saying. But also this, Minnesota's coach coaching his first game. J- uh, Jefferson was running wild. Not to be seen from weeks two or three. And so to me, they did something schematically that Green Bay wasn't, I mean, yeah. you don't just see three catches, fifteen yards this week. This yeah, week. and I'm not saying he's not good. I'm saying week one was a um, was a was a scheme type because mm-hmm. you have a first time coach. He fooled him. Yes, and now it's been addressed. And now the, there's now I think that felt artificial to me. It, yes, I okay. agree. Um, next game. Next game. Go Chiefs and Colts. You know, I was torn on this one. I was like, should I upgrade the Colts a little bit? Should I downgrade the Chiefs a little bit? Because the Chiefs should have won. 
but they were a five and a half point favorite. So sixty percent chance to win. So I think the Chiefs probably should have won the game, but but really they should have won by three or four. And you said, you know what? Even if they had won by three, I'd still have downgraded them a little bit. So I downgraded the Chiefs a half. I think you got to. I bumped the Colts a half. I think that's pretty by the book, so and I think it's accurate. Kevin Cole says five points. Our stats say five points. They they uh, win. Kansas City should have. They lost by three. The phantom call with the taunting. We talked Apparently about that. Apparently you can't curse when you're mm. playing the, a winless Colts team, yes. And what I would say is... <sighs> I am really think we got to reevaluate Kansas City. Here's the thing. Arizona, we don't know how bad they are, right? Yeah. I mean, especially how bad they were. I mean, they had a 3% chance to beat the Rams. They had a 0% chance to beat the Chiefs. And they were at like 5% at the end of the game against the Raiders and had an amazing I, run. I, I see where you're going. So we're go, we've gone from, well, this Kansas City has this juggernaut to start the season. Because the big question was, what do you do without your, play, your, your speed burner? Yeah, now you're playing like, like four straight above average teams. Or are you? Are you playing three straight below average teams? <laughs> Namely, if, if, if you look at the well, performance. I mean, the char- I mean, you're right. The char- Right now, based on your power ratings today... Chargers are average. Yes. Arizona's what? Minus three. Okay. And what, what's that put them like 23, 24 in the league? Yeah. Or, okay. And then. Um, Indy's an average team. And Indy's an average Slightly, team. Actually, half point below average. So yeah. what we're saying is that the strength of schedule of Kansas City is minus. On your power ratings. Yes, but if we would have graded... average strength of schedule. But if we would have graded this, we would have said they, they had won the top five schedules the first three weeks of the season. The assumption being Arizona, obviously better, Colts bad. I mean, if you actually think about the teams whose win, uh, who are projected right, that'd be interesting. Look at the preseason final win total. Look at the current win total. Who's been downgraded the most? Hmm. Kansas City's three has got to be in the top five or six, right? Absolutely. Now, that's a tweet. I like that. Um, Mackenzie, shifting gears real quick here. So I'm just saying what has not been proven is Kansas City without Tyreek Hill is still a top three or four off. They're top eight or nine with Mahomes no matter what. The question is, are they a top three offense? What would you say right now? Eagles are better. Mm -hmm. Buffalo's better. It's interesting. Baltimore's better. Mm, I don't know about that. Rams? No, All no, right, no. Third, third, yeah. yeah. But let's just say that last year, I mean, it's been since Mahomes got there, they pretty much was the best offense. Without even a discussion. Yeah, so, okay, so the biggest, you know, why don't you read this, McKenzie? Uh, oh, here we go. Unexpected victories. Rank of the last four seasons now. Now, there's been 1,125 games, Fez, in these seasons. Week two, Jets over Browns. There was only a 17% chance to win, and that was the fourth all-time of 1,100. Well, fourth in four years, number four. Number week one, Giants over Titans was 13th all-time. They had a 26% chance. And Minnesota over Detroit, this game we're talking about, 32nd all-time out of 1,125. Wow. Yeah. yeah, let's downgrade Minnesota. So at thirty, at thirty. So what we're saying is that of the eleven twenty-five, there was about a uh, thousand and ninety or so, a thousand or ninety games that are within the wind share being thirty-five percent or more. 
for the team that wins. So, I mean, this thing is damn accurate, mm. right? So this this is a shocker. What is the uh, number one of all time, McKenzie? 2018, the Chargers came back from down three touchdowns, won at the buzzer over the Chiefs in week 15. Okay. Mm. I don't remember that game. Was Herbs there? No, it was pre-Herbs. That was Philip Rivers. Oh, I, I blocked out all pre-Herbs. <laughs> you know, the one I always remember, there was a Monday night game that uh, the Colts were playing Tampa Bay. Now, what it's, year was this? It's the year after Tampa Bay won their first Super Bowl. So I think 2004. Oh, like 20 years ago? Okay. I think it was 2004, and, and, and Tampa led 20, 35-14, and Peyton Manning won the game. Mackenzie, go back and do the last 20 years, please, quickly. Uh, Super Sheets. And, uh, uh, <laughs> I can do the fourth quarter win share in just that game. I'd be interested in doing that. Oh, yeah, all right. Do that. Do uh, that. Damn. Year after the Super Bowl. I gave him access to the database. He's going running wild with it. All right, next game. Uh, Raiders, Titans. I think this one's pretty pretty slam dunk. The Titans uh, were two-point underdog. They slightly outplayed the Raiders. They won by two points. I upgraded Titans by half, lower the Raiders by half. Okay, to me, I was a little embarrassed that I didn't have the Titans on my card. Hmm. First of all, it met one of my trend criterias, um, which is just about, hey, if you start and, and actually, I did some stuff I haven't seen anyone do because there is, and again, people do stuff that isn't public, so, but there is a trend that says if you don't win the first two games and you don't cover, generally, you know, everyone's down on you. But I say, let's look at the marginal after two games, the ATS margin, and stack rank them mm-hmm. and say, how bad your ATS margin? And if you look, and it went from like the bottom whatever teams, and I'm looking at 30 years, those teams do exceptionally well in game three. It was like a 70%. Teams with crappy margin. Yeah, crappy margin. It Market like overcorrects. Overcorrect. And a lot of people, I don't think even the Sharps think like that. Well, you know, th- this is really a sage point you make because let's look at this final score here. Titans 24, Raiders 22. So what was the summer line on this game? Probably, probably minus two on Titans, but now they're getting two. So well, I mean, overreaction. We know, we know what the summer line was. Let's pull it up. But um, I think you're bringing a great point up. So Tennessee in the summer was laying one. Oh, and I see I got a sheet. And I'm sure your number was accurate. Early in the summer, it was two and a half. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so, yeah, so, that's, so there's some people that bet Tennessee that lost. They won by two, right? Yes, or you know, one a way to look at it is there's some there's someone probably one person one bet one person took the two and a half on the Raiders and they're just <laughs> laughing right. Oh, now. I bet he's going around. Can you imagine? How does that not show up on Twitter? Maybe that's what happens when these people on uh, we won't bash any networks. I like a lot of what other people are you know some of what other people are doing for sure. Um, but it's like everyone has a ticket in their pocket. Like, what do you think of tonight's like Monday night? Right, Giants Cowboys. Well. I got Dallas at plus seven and a half. That was early, though. Um, at one, I lean Dallas. <laughs> it's like maybe we see there's someone that actually might be telling the truth about right, that. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Um, let me think. It was one more I think game. Dallas but, was actually plus four after before. Um, see, see? You know, when, the, when, when Dak first went down, yeah. Well, we can figure that one out, too. Let's see yeah. here. Dallas... Oh, okay. Well, in the summer, Dallas was minus four. Right. And then the and then obviously we Cooper the, Rush eight point downgrade, right? Well, we'll see. Uh, looks like I mean he might be three and zero here because in the uh, just at halftime six three. So and that, they got Washington on deck. Ooh. Oh, 
Well, I think Washington's going to be hot. I mean, some games are going to look good. Some games are not. Yeah, I, I picked them. I won't mention, Fez, that you had. Yeah, that that had was Washington. your forced play. Over. All right, let's, can we move on to the next game then? We go, you know uh, what's funny, though? Him. Taking Washington was a must to me because if a team exceeds expectations so massively like Philly, mm-hmm. at some point it's going to get out of hand. That game was what? Minus three. I mean, I guess I have it right here. Minus three to minus six and a half, yeah. There's no way that what we saw in that one week warranted that. Because, again, I think I think Minnesota was a little fraudulent off of the same theory we it's just great, said. It's a great point. So, to me, that Tennessee, there are three picks that any super sharp, no, 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 not super, old school contrarian player. That's what I am. It's you got to play Tennessee, right? You got to play Miami. Miami, all those injuries for high flying. You got to play Washington. Yes, you got to fade the. If it goes two and one, you're rich. And it did um, yes. in the long run. So I do believe the phony finals. People seem to have figured out because let's look back to between week one and two. Pittsburgh, big win. Everyone celebrating. Yeah, upset Cincinnati, seven point underdog. But you could make the case it took five turnovers, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. But people were saying, because of that W, it's a binary world, and people's looking at the W. Yes. Pittsburgh got the W, and New England didn't come close and to the W. And New England got beat on the scoreboard badly, but in truth, statistically, maybe could have won the game. That's right. And then New England so is on the think, road. Yeah. New England's on the road. So we would think, what, Pittsburgh's two Minus and a half? Two, yeah. yeah. Nope. Yeah. It's the opens pick them. All the money. Immediately goes to two, two and a half, then goes to three. Goes to three. Three on New England because the people figured out the phony finals and they they bet against the phony finals. Yes. But I think the Tennessee game, did you hear anyone on Tennessee last week? No. In fact, I didn't hear anyone on either side of that game. It was like a dead game that no one picked. No one was picking Raiders. In fact, I'm confident if you go like in these contests and you looked at how many times these teams got selected, that this game got way underselected versus any other game. I think you're right. But I also think if you really think about it, Tennessee, if we, if we go with the Allen Boston, well, there's a certain, Allen's talking about decades of there's a baseline of competency or baseline of performance. Tennessee's it's hard to always vary decent. Much. I mean, with great, with Rabel, they certainly are. Yes. And the idea, oh, they lost their left tackle. They lost, okay, Luan or. Lost their edge rusher. And that all matters. But this is the kind of team, the teams aren't going to blow up. It's like a Tomlin ask, they probably eight, nine, or nine and eight. Or maybe. They should eight. not be a home underdog to a Raider team that's nothing. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, so to me, against a winless team. Yep. So to me, no one was on it because I think people can comprehend one week of uh, deceiving performance. I think when a team starts getting a narrative against them, no one wants to bat them. Yeah, and everyone in prime time, they got smoked by Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, good point. All right, next game. Next game, let's go and Packers. We're hitting the games we don't have a ton of on. So we'll yeah, so so Packers, Bucks. I think this one's clean. Also, the Packers outplayed the Bucks. They only won by two. I'm still upgrading the Packers by half. Downgrading the Bucks by half, largely because the Bucks got you know. I know the game well, was going to have an injury offset. Forget the injury offset. The bottom bottom line is so even Pack- without that, you downgrade the Bucks. Yeah, the Packers Why? because the Packers were going to win by eight or they're going to win by two at the end of the game. That and, and Tampa but Bay. Even by, I mean, it felt like fourth down conversion they got in the end zone. Okay, you know. Everyone's talking about they didn't get the two-point conversion. No one's talking about the fact that they were fortunate. You know, that line was seven and a half all throughout the fourth quarter. A lot of people thought they didn't get the snap off in the play clock on that play. That was they the they didn't, yeah. Uh, did you have a bet on this game? 
Uh, I have a bet on like almost every you know, game. Did you have a bet on that game? No, nothing significant. Did, but you had a bet. Oh, yeah. Let me guess. It was uh, uh, for who? The I just had teasers. Okay. Yeah. Because it sounds like you're trying to like make the point that Green Bay should have won bigger. I think Green Bay basically won the game by four points. Yeah. Green Bay had an 87% fourth quarter win share. And if we look at our projections, oh, this is fascinating. See, this goes against you, Fed. It does. The stats say zero point. It's an even game statistically. Cole says Green Bay should have won by three. Hmm. So you said four, so there you go, right? So maybe they should have won. Well, Cole, I agree. I agree. If, if, if I merge those together, they won by what the final score was. So I'm probably not too much on an island. To, you got to upgrade the Packers slightly and downgrade the Bucks. All right. How did Aaron Rodgers look to you? Not good. I mean, Out of has, sync. Has he looked good this year? Trying to think week two against the Bears handing he looked good handing it off mm-hmm. when the line was opening up these enormous so what's holes. The age, what's the age that every quarterback except Tom Brady hit the 39. wall? Thirty-nine. So what is Aaron? Thirty-nine. Is that right? He's 39. I thought he was 30. I don't know. I'm pretty or he turns 30. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, he eventually. You turned 70 eventually, Fess. Hey. <laughs> I mean, decades and no, not decades, but you know. The first Wednesday of the month at Vaughn's, I get a 20, no, a 10% senior discount. I'm oh telling the God. wife. I'm telling the wife. Pastrami? Did I'm tell, you have I'm, white I'm, shoes I'm, on? I'm saying we got to load up on at groceries the first of the month. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, a lot of people load up the first of the month. They have songs about it, right, right. Mackenzie? It's the first of the month. <laughs> that wasn't bad. Now, he can't say anything else because right. he's tempted to now. He's like, oh, he liked it. What should I rap next? <laughs> no. So you agree with that half and a half? It's... I, I I think that this I if I if I could have a ticket right now on one team or the other to win the Super Bowl I'd take Tampa. Yeah, because they're they're if they could hang in there with two other starters, you yeah. know, you know, also kind of a sneaky thing. Normally, when a player comes back from injury, they're not a hundred percent. But Evans didn't get injured; he got suspended. So I might bet Evans on um, prop bets this week because I think it's going to have fresh legs. And I think it's, I mean, usage plus efficiency, I think Brady's going to be like, oh, he's back. Yeah. You know? And he, and he needs something. He can't be throwing it to Michael Gage. Um, so I'm going to say let's, let, we're going to start a list of watch lists. Hmm. I think Aaron Rodgers having hit the wall doesn't mean he's going to be horrible, but he was the number one, or he's been a top three quarterback the last two years. No number doubt. one pick in the quarterback draft. I paid for him. Exactly. I didn't. But I see, I still thought that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you want to play. Like- Let's be honest. Like Sleepy said, everyone's playing for second. When you add it all up, there you which go. is weird because you came in with like uh, you had an abacus, you had your protractor, you had a lot the of stuff. The team draft went better. Let's just put it that <laughs> um, way. Watch list, Aaron Rodgers, is he like now 10 to 14 kind of quarterback? Yes. Well, he's been, but you think if we went over under QBR or whatever, uh, let's say we did QBR half and a PFF grade half, what would be your over under on Rodgers? Because if you tell me like 10 and a half, I'm going under like crazy. Like meaning I'm going he's better than that. Yeah, I I still have him ranked fourth. That's too high. I got to adjust that. So what would be your over on McKenzie? Seven and a half. Okay. Okay, now that's interesting. I think I would go over, meaning he's worse than that. I, I but think, I'm in the I'm in the neighborhood. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm saying that's a major change. We had no idea if he was going to not be just as good as yeah. last year. Yep. I mean, I saw him after the game, back to back. You know, MVP. I mean, come on. I, I saw him after the game. His hair's long. 
He has like a, which I have no problem with. He looks with. like Nicolas Cage after That's what like I'm rehab. saying. But, but in a weird way, you got to give this guy credit, right? He grew up in a football environment. And you know, I mean, you don't know that as well, Fez. I mean, inside it, but it is. Well, you saw, have you ever seen Dazed and Confused? No. Great. You should see it. Richard Linklater. And it's all about the kids last day after, uh, you know, for, before summer vacation. Some kids were graduating, some weren't. And one kid was like, his name was Pink Floyd, his real name, apparently, in the show. He was a great quarterback for a Texas team, mm -hmm. a good quarterback. So the coach is trying to say, sign this pledge. You don't do weed, you know, drug. And he's like starting to explore. And the whole movie is about, it's just one night. But, but they really try to oppress, not oppress, conformity is the key in football, especially at the high school and college level. To have someone go through all that and come out the other end at 40 as like a, a hippie yeah, and still be a two-time defending MVP, it's kind of wild. I don't like him. I don't like his personality, but I like that. All right, next game. All right, Falcons, Seahawks. I don't think I'm going to be on an island here. Falcons outplayed Seattle. 76% chance to win. I bumped, I upgraded Atlanta by one. I downgraded Seattle by one. Okay, Atlanta uh, plus two points when it comes to stats, plus 10 by Mr. Cole. Um, hmm. I thought this was an easy one. I don't understand the line. And it's one of those lines. I think that the only thing that I understood was Seattle looked good against Denver, so people still had that in their mind. And they got a. They, and they didn't look good in the stats, they just looked good on the scoreboard. They, didn't they did not touch. Denver side of the field the entire second half, and that was their good game. So now I got four candidates for worst team in the NFL, mm -hmm. all with the same ratings: Seattle, Chicago, Houston, Jets. But Chicago is a favorite to win our bet. Yes. Which one of those four is the worst team in the? NFL? I don't think it's the Jets at all. Now, unless Wilson comes, the currently constituted the Jets are not the one of the worst teams, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Which one of those four? <sighs> I don't think it. Well. <clears throat> I don't know. I tell you this, Davis Mills disappointed me. Whatever optimism I had, it's kind of mitigated. It's, it's kind of uh, lessened. It's the Bermuda grass. Is that right? Maybe <laughs> hey, they, they covered, Fez. They covered. All right, uh, well, they pushed. Well, they it was pushed. two and a half earlier in the week. Well, but, but, but yes, but it was three, three. It went to three like Friday. Yeah, and but we were talking contest stuff. Yeah, the Bears yeah. covered. Exactly. Yes. And the contest. Yes. Um, all right. We want next game? Yeah. Rams, Cardinals. I think this one's pretty slam dunk also. Even though it was relatively close, eight-point game, I upgraded the Rams one, and I lowered Arizona by one. 97% chance to win. And points-wise, they won by eight on the scoreboard, four by stats, which, again, teams coming back late. Uh, and we're going to actually do some uh, filtering on that to get garbage time out. And 10 by Mr. Cole. By the way, first four series for Arizona, three and out, three and out, four and out, three and out. Not an impressive start. Uh, so other than the flukiness and skill of that Raiders ending, I mean, if you really – if you remember we have our chart that shows you the fourth um, – or it shows you each game, the chances to win all the way across. And yeah. you can – Arizona was almost non-existent until that last eighth of the game against – now it's going to be another game in which there's hardly any any graph there that says chance to win. They really should be 0-3 with three, like, butt kickings. Yes. But there's a concept in which each play of the game you say, what's your chance to win? And you just accrue that and add it up. And that's going to tell you game control in a way, right? Like, were you supposed to win most of the game? The, this Cardinals team might have the lowest game control ever 
over three games where they, they, there's literally an eighth of a game that they had any chance to win. Uh, yeah, I think the king of that was there was the year I said Miami was going to tank and they wound up winning five games, mm-hmm. but I think they lost the first three like, games by 49 well, to 10. Yeah, Baltimore was one that first yeah. game they got killed. Yeah, no doubt, but in a weird way, I guess maybe not the worst ever, but the worst ever that was supposed to have a better than 500 record. Yes. No, the year. That's a great point, so yes. Go ahead. Uh, 49ers Broncos. So Ooh, You want to make fun of McKenzie? So, well, I, you know, I still remember, I still can't get past that text that he, he sent with the first thing he woke up, bet the 49ers to pick him, and it's like it shows, you know, these the, every one of these points matters so much. Broncos, I did, I, the Broncos won. I did not upgrade the Broncos. I kept them the same. I was not impressed. But I lowered the Niners a half point. I really felt this was a, a poorly played game. So it's not a zero-sum game. It's not a zero-sum game. And I felt like Jimmy G, especially his end game, oh, really. It, and his game and his awareness. When was the last time there was one play? I don't know if you saw it. Jimmy G's back eight yards deep in the end zone. Just completely unaware. He just backpedals three three steps, and he's out of bounds by half a yard. So did that cost McKenzie the cover? No, because <laughs> this play actually helped San Francisco by five points. So he steps out of bounds at back of the end zone and then throws a pick six, which only counts two points against him instead of seven yeah, because but, it's a but, safety. Yeah, but but it doesn't mean he had to throw the pick. He, he gave if, the other team nine points in one play. It's the first time in the history of the NFL. Two and seven. You pick it. Oh, okay. you got to well, take the two. Minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So the play ends when you have a seven. I know. So it was only two. Oh, okay. So the seven didn't count. Okay. You see where I'm going. No, I don't. Well, the point is, like, when you're grading that, you can't just dock him two points. Oh, I think you can. You know, you could dock him I even did. more. No, no, because, I mean, to he me— He didn't know he was out of the, out of the dude, end zone. you do realize that sometimes one play can change— the, Like, again, that's what I keep saying about Arizona— it could have been that one play allowed them to have any of the comeback. But he, he, but he totally lucked out that he only lost two points instead of seven, just by some oh, miracle. I just, I'm watching the play. He he got pressure on him, and then he did the natural. Ba- oh, that's wild. Yeah, it's not yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does the natural thing, throw the ball away. No, he just chucked it to like up for grabs, a three yard pass. That, that yeah, All throw right. a three yard pass, 50-50 ball. Is that smart? I told McKenzie, good job. Saturday night, and I actually liked. I got to be honest with you. I like Denver in the first half of this game. So mm-hmm. I would have lost that and lost the game because I would have thought San- – because here's my thinking. We can avoid Hackett's problems uh, yeah. in game management. Number two is it's a different playbook they had for Trey Lance. And they have new linemen. A lot of, Now, remember, we mm-hmm. should talk more injuries here. San Fran with their left tackle – Wilson, yeah, he's worth like three Wilson? Quarters. I don't think Wilson's – what's the left tackle's name? Williams. Williams. Oh. You're thinking Wilson from the Jets is worth negative. He's worth .67 points. All right. I, I think maybe – I think on this San Fran line it might be more because mm. they, they have a lot of inexperience otherwise. And w- at what point did he get out of the game? Uh, middle of the third quarter. It'd be interesting to look at the EPA on the plays after that, McKenzie. Mm. I think it, yeah, definitely changed the game. Are you going to be able to do that for me? Doing it right now. All right. Yeah. And then EPAs before and after. Um, so one, I think he's. What's the projection on his absence? High ankle sprain, four to oh, six weeks. And he's a big man, so it might take a while. I think this is a real problem. I mean, I'm not sure San Fran's not a dog to make the playoffs. I mean, they're one and two. We know that much. We, the season went still nine and a half under. Mm. Remember. That's how, what it was a week ago. Probably. How often does – really? Yeah, it's nine, nine and a half over it, minus 120. Is it – that's what it is now? That's what it was a week ago. Now it's, now it's nine and a half. Pick them. 
Minus 110, minus 110. Yeah. Can we play that right now? I like yeah. the under. Yeah. Because here's the thing. What's the odds? What, what are the odds that Jimmy G goes the rest of this year without getting injured? From all, you know, for, without his left tackle and he always gets injured? But what, I mean, like 50-50, right? And if, if they have to go to a third-string quarterback for even three games... It's pretty much a lock to the end. Who is it? They got rid of all their good, their good backups. It's some it's crumbum. It's a guy that was the great or the uh, Mr. Irrelevant, wasn't it? Some Brock, someone? Hewitt? Yes, Brock Purdy. Purdy. Never heard of him. Brock Osweiler, Brock Purdy. But what I'm saying yeah. is, wouldn't you agree that you, that maybe even if he stays healthy, I think this is probably a 55% bet. Yeah, it's a free roll. I yeah, mean, I it's a good bet that it has a free roll of winning automatically. What do you think, McKenzie? Yes. I mean, I think this left tackle injury is a major deal. Yes, I think it's more important than the Elijah Mitchell injury, and it combines the two. It looks bad. And, and the rest of the line hasn't been – I mean, a lot of new players that try to plug in there that hasn't been great. Yes, the inter- internal of the line, the center and the guards we've changed out, so the left tackle was the one thing we had certainty over. Yeah, so we got – Under nine and a half. Go. You What's the it? limit? I'm going to put it in for two dimes. All right. I only get half of this. It's a shared account. You get a nickel. Well, I get a nickel. The other dude Why? gets a whoa, nine. Whoa, 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 Who's the, is it someone I know? It's, is it someone I know? That's all I want to hear. I think you know who he is. But I don't know of him. I, well, I know of him, but Do I don't know. Do you know who Dolly Mon is? No. No, Aaron? No. Okay. All right. But that doesn't seem fair. You're doing the pick, and he, and, and, but you, you're responsible. But he's taking his loss on this, too. He's taking yeah. the ownership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All it's right. just the accounting's just too difficult to constantly be able to go in on a season win. You and the I talk about I the account- cheap accounting. I talk about the accounting. Boom. See, it's like, right. like Caesars right. doing a great job. You All submit right. two dimes, they take it. All right. Um, oh, Caesars? Yeah. Well, we could be betting that in town, right? Yeah. Why would you be having a shared account with someone in town? Because That's... I'm all in with like 18,000 other bets on okay. my account. So, in a way, so he's putting up all the money here. In this case, Okay, yeah. that actually yeah. works, I think. Yeah. You see how my instincts were that's not— I, I use his account for futures, and I'm like— I'm, this is great. Yeah. I'm, what I'm saying is he's giving you more bankroll effectively. Exactly. Yeah, yes. so it's a good deal. But if, if it was you putting up the bankroll, uh, yeah. I thought 50-50 was, wasn't exactly. a good deal. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay. Makes sense. But you know those deals a lot better than I do. Um, yeah, I think this—I think the left tackle, the chance of— Okay, now this is—oh, look at this. Look at and this. I did bump him down another half for the injury. Yeah. I know I said three quarters of a but point, you know, but not I, on the offset. Two thirds, not but on the yeah, offset. They call them ANC. All right, before the Williams injury in this game, 49ers still weren't playing well. They had a minus point one EPA per play. Mm-hmm. After Williams injury, minus point five. Now, what does that mean? Let's look at last year. McKenzie pulled up, stack ranked the offenses. I'm assuming the worst offense wasn't near point five negative. Uh, I. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm thinking it's going to be less than point two negative. Like this is doubly as bad as the worst offense in the league last year. Yeah, well, I, I didn't seem like they did. They got up ten five in this game and did nothing. So well, I agree. I but agree. I mean, it is interesting. It was. I'm right. not familiar with EPA enough. Well, just think of it like baseline. think of it like this. Every play, the Giants are up now. Wow. Every play, how much does it add or subtract from your chance of scoring? So what they did was they did massive analysis over 20 years and said if a team has the ball on the 41-yard line, third and three, what's your chance of scoring points that drive? Mm. And so they got it down. So now every movement you do on the field, they can tell you how much value mm-hmm. it has because it brought you from the 40 to the 50 or whatever. So here's the thing is 
on average in the NFL, each offensive snap, it's like an, a point one positive because they score more points than than we thought at the time it was calibrated. It's kind of like QBR was calibrated at 50. Oh, okay. Right? So now it's calibrated with a slight positive numbers on offense. Mm-hmm. Minus 0.1 is kind of bad to start with. Minus 0.5 means every snap of the ball, you're losing a half a point. That's impossible. <laughs> well. Unless you're Jimmy G, who loses nine on one play. So last year, the Giants had the worst offense, and they were minus 1.4. All right? Is that right? It, correct. Okay. So... Three times as bad, the 49ers. Minus 0.14. Point, is that what I said? 0.14. Oh, minus 0.14. So they're four times, three and a half times worse at yeah. minus 0.5 yeah. than the worst team in the NFL. Uh-huh. And That's a bad second half. And the best team was uh, Tampa Bay had a plus 0.14. I'm seeing a pattern. No one goes past 0.15 and we're at no one goes past 15, and we're at 50. Exactly. <laughs> All and right. That's how they, and that's how they should do this, 0.14. They yeah. should say, like, we know the most is going to be 100. It should be, like, 14 point, you know, 14 point EPA points or something. Forget they, this decimal. Exactly. Yeah, something yeah. like that. They should have an index on it. But um, that's pretty wild, isn't it, McKenzie? Yeah. We weren't having a great offensive day, but we weren't. Five times worse than the worst team in the league until after Trent And Williams we're going under. And somehow they lost the game, which they had, like, what, a 50.55 win share on, right? And the line doesn't go down? Hmm. I just think this is soft, soft I mean, market. it's got to go down half. If nothing, even if you don't downgrade them for bad performance, you got to knock them down from 9.5 exactly. to 9. Exactly. Yeah. All right, next game. Next game, Ravens-Patriots. I... Uh, this is a case where the stats were fairly equal. I don't care. I'm upgrading the Ravens by half. I'm lowering the Patriots Why by half. Why don't you care? Because the eye test said that the Ravens were clearly the better team. What does that mean? The eye test should show up in stats, right? Not always. Well, then what What are you eyeing? Like the cut of their jib? The, the, I'm, like the, I'm watching the game. I'm like, the Ravens are going to win this game. Uh-huh. The Patriots are going to be lucky. All right. Well, them. let's take a look at what the numbers say, sure. Fez. Okay. Baltimore should have lost by three. And Kevin Cole says they should have won by seven. Now, that is a difference. Mm. Okay. Um, 89% chance to win the game, though, by the fourth quarter win share. Now, let's be clear about something. Kevin Cole's are the only ones, and then Football Outsiders will be adding in. But, again, they don't put theirs out until Tuesday, so it won't be part of this part. It will be part of next uh, the Wednesday part uh, that releases on Thursday. Um <sighs> I kind of, I, uh, I gotta I, say I like these Cole numbers. My numbers are much more in line with Cole than these pure stats. For sure. And again, that's why when you are saying, "Oh, they won the stats," it's saying maybe it matters, maybe it doesn't. Right? Yeah. And and again, I, he's one. He's not a guy at PFF that is shouting from the trees too much. But he's a very he's kind of an iconoclast. Hmm. You familiar with that word? Alan Boston describes himself as such. I don't, I don't know think what... you're supposed to describe yourself <laughs> as an iconoclast. <laughs> he does. It's that, on his that, profile. That, you, know, <laughs> you know how they say that what, you can tell one story about someone and it encompasses them? Yes. Like I had a friend, all right, and his, uh, it's actually Tom's brother, all right? Tom oh, Pat's brother. Yeah. And when I was in college, I was my sophomore year, we were moving between where I was and I was living with him, Scott, the next year. So we went, and it was about, it was the middle of summer. It was 100 degrees in Columbus. And you had people help you move. I had which, him and his and Tom help. Which right? you believe in when you're moving. Not as big a fan when somebody else is moving. Well, there's a hierarchy in any group of people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, it'd be, it'd be anarchy if there wasn't. And first off, 
it's funny. They they were in a band, a, a serious band, you know, made a CD, you know. Mm. They opened up for the Georgia Side Lights ones, right? Mm. 5,000 people. And um, I would go see probably 100 of their shows over the years. Wow. You know, I mean. So I'm they're in, playing every weekend. Yeah, Friday, yeah, multi, yeah, at a bar. yeah. Probably six times a month. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and they had it going on. And they were good. But I would go to a lot of, I managed them for a while. You know, I didn't take money or a little bit of money, you know, but it was fun. Um, I'm talking about when I was 20 years old, whatever. There wasn't a lot to take, let's face it. Hey, listen, back then 20 bucks was a lot. So here's the thing. I would never carry equipment. Hmm. At the end of the, before every show and at the end of every show, everyone was like ants carrying equipment. I said right from the start, I I need I don't want to establish a bad precedent. You all know I'm not going to be carrying this equipment consistently. If I carry it at all, it's going to fool you. It's going to confuse you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sit here and read when you guys carry all that equipment. For 10 years, I was the kid. Never carried it once. You know, I, I have a mental, <laughs> a mental picture of the Blues Brothers and RJ ban- managing the band, meeting up with the, uh, the good old boys. At the, and I'm saying, and you saying, I thought, I thought the beer was like complimentary <laughs> for the band. No, shoot, no. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, no, I love the Blues Brothers. I mean, it's funny. It's not that great of a movie. But it's a, it, there's something about the, the ethos of it you got to appreciate. I don't know. You think it's a great movie? I, I, I think there's like eight classic scenes, the Carrie Fisher and the, and the sewer scene. And like even the scene where hundreds of cops are chasing them. And they walk up to the receptionist and they say, excuse me, did you see two fellows dressed up in black suits? Like, and they're all calm. And like, yeah, they, they, they went up to the 31st floor. And he's like, thank you. And I'll go, swat, 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 swat. <laughs> you know what's funny? Almost all the movies, even Animal House, which is like the movie. Oh, the movie. I think all those 70 movies, comedies except one, the big ones, I'm not saying everyone, all fall a little flatter today. Caddyshack to me is as funny today as it was back, you know, when I was a kid. Have you seen Caddyshack? Of course. All right, well, yeah, who knows I with you? I, I the Caddyshack is just it, tremendous. It's another level. Yes. All right, next game. Bit Rocco. Help oh, the judge oh, wait, find whoa, whoa, his whoa, whoa, checkbook. I didn't finish the story about me moving. Yeah, go ahead. All right. This is gonna this encompasses one person. It just shows you how one story can encompass one person. He helps me move, him and Tom. He's hot. I have a pillow. Yeah, I, I think I had three pillows, maybe. He takes off the pillowcase, looks at it. It's clean, you know. It's a, he buries his sweaty face into the pillowcase, and he moved it back out. It looked like the crowd or the shroud of Tehran. <laughs> and for the rest of the time I had that pillow, it was stained because of his sweat. Whoa! But he cared more <laughs> about getting the sweat off his face than he did the next five years or whatever. I'd be using that pillow. But he was there helping me move. Hmm. You see how it's confusing? Yeah, he probably felt he was entitled. Well, who knows? I don't try to get into his head. There you go. But what I'm saying is it feels like that could be – that guy's complex. Sometimes he's going to be nice. Sometimes he's going to be selfish. And you know what? You got to deal with it or not. Well, heat stroke. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. That's you. Yes. Go ahead. Last game, Ravens-Patriots. Another game where – Well, we started talking about that already. Ravens Patriots, and you said you, that your I, eye test said. I, I'm sorry, you're right. Um, so I upgraded Ravens by half, and I lowered Patriots by half. Well, now we've got the uh, injury to Mac Jones, so that's going to be a factor. We're going to tack on an additional three and a half for that injury. Now the backups, don't, the backups don't look good. I mean, we got Hoyer still, but I think he's third string. Oh, no, he's second. He's second. 
Okay. I'm Hoyer, almost certain. Okay. We'll see. You know McKenzie on that? Yeah. It's Hoyer, second string, Zappy, third string. Zappy. I think we should take just a second and appreciate the ability to look at those plays after uh, Williams got hurt. Mm. Because to me, it is Williams, right? Yes. Okay. Because to me, that we can break it down anyway. Like if we could say a team going uh, south onto this end zone because of what the wind was doing or whatever. I bet there's certain stadiums, Fez, that when the wind is blowing – that one direction does so much worse than the other. Well, Pitt, Pittsburgh, you know that there's the open end mm-hmm. that, that no one can make a long field goal historically. But yeah. uh, imagine in more game if, if yeah, imagine in game if you had the stats if the you know almost like in Chicago if the, the way the wind blows dictates in baseball so much. I bet there's things like that in football we're just oblivious to. You know, that's a that's a great point. I, sh- I was watching a game. I can't remember which one. It was in Denver, I think, where they showed like a little flag. I said, yeah, little known fact. You know, the Denver place kicker had that f- that orange flag put in just for him, so he could see. So he could see. Oh, that's see. wow! I think it was Denver. I'm not 100. I like sure that yet. though. I mean, that's like an old parquet floor. All right, we got anything else? Yeah, one more game. Eagles, Commanders. Ooh. Ooh. Mackenzie, do me a favor on this. I wanted you to do the same way. Give me the the first half margin for all teams in the NFL this year, meaning at halftime what the score was and what the net scores are for that. Got it. All right, because I think Philly, Mike Lombardi talks about this, and I'll let you get the specifics. Their domination early in these games is what really good teams do. Historically, looking at halftime margin is one of the best predictors of playoff success. Yeah, so look at this game, 24 nothing. Do we really want to spend a lot of time on the 8 nothing Washington win in the second half? This game was over. It was done. It was 24-2 late in the game. I upgraded the Eagles a point and a half. I was going to upgrade them too, but I'm getting uncomfortable. Where uncom- are they now? Third. I got the Eagles third. I just was uncomfortable. What makes us what makes us be uncomfortable with that? I know moving teams too fast does. Yeah. But here's the thing, our assumptions were just wrong. You're right. And Jaylen maybe I should Hurts bump maybe I should just, just uh, yeah, and I got him moving up. Well, let's think about this. Who do you have them close to? I mean, who's the closest to them stats-wise? Or I'm sorry, power ratings. I got Kansas City a point better than them. All right. Kansas City on a neutral with Philly minus 1. Are you anxious to take KC there? No. So it means maybe I'm late. Maybe I should. You know what? I'm going to do it. I almost made him two. I'm going to do it. I'm taking him two. I mean, I don't even know. I'm just saying if you think about it. We're taking him up to two. Yeah. If you think about it, Hurts is the difference. Hurts, it looks like, unless there's some defense that someone's going to play that's going to expose what he's doing. And and I got to be honest, I was on this one because I said, this is a guy who every year has gotten better. And he seems to take care of his flaws every year. Like, whatever he's limited at, he seems to do better at that next year. And, and, I, was, and I was saying, you know, week one, like with Hurts, like, like he had like receivers wide open. He's throwing a bomb. And I just marveled how you want to underthrow the receiver slightly in that case. And he, like, underthrew the receiver by half a yard. It was optimal. There was no chance he was going to overthrow him. Hit him in stride still. Um, he's just, and I've got him tied for seventh, Stafford Jackson Hurts. I moved him way up. I think, I mean, just think, the, the big debate was, are the, and I told AJ this, I didn't tell you this as much, but I go, people think that when you play these quarterbacks that don't seem to have the ceiling they should, you're wasting your time. But it's a chance to see if they can grow into the ceiling. Now, people get hold on too long. Mm-hmm. But to me, Hurts is a great, you take him in the second round, you start him the last, what, five games or whatever, then he has another year he improves, this year improves more. Now, remember, he's on a four-year deal. 
He's only got one more year after that. And remember, you know, the Eagles have been a darling team. If there's one team that's this been year. Bet, this year and last year, the money consistently oh, came in late in the be year. specific is the Sharps were on Philly last year and this so year. So there's probably some of those Sharps smoking their cigars right now saying, yep, we knew Hurts before any of these. Now people are figuring it out. Too bad because we knew about it beforehand. Um, now check I, this out. First half, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're looking at margin. This is the average, McKenzie? Yes. All right, so if I look at the last column, it says 17 for Philly. That's their average margin. Okay. Yes. So Philly has a margin of 17 points lead at halftime. Number two is San Francisco. Wow. We just bet under. At 10.3 points. Then Baltimore, Rams, Kansas City. Now check this out. Tennessee, Jacksonville, Detroit, Green Bay, Buffalo. So Buffalo, how could that be? Weren't they dominating both those games early? Who's this? Buffalo? They were tied at Miami. They were up by 10 versus Tennessee. And they were tied in uh, week one. Oh, that's interesting. So they really ran them out at the end, in the second half. Yeah. So now, that, now that's something to look at. Lombardi talks a lot about that, that good teams, really good ones, don't play tight games with bad teams. They get ahead. They don't win close games. They just they win because they're they are ahead by a lot of points. But just think, it's not just because usually the good teams beat those teams eventually, yeah. even if they don't do this. But it seems like it takes a lot out of the team. Like right now, Philly is fresher next week than they they were this week because they played half a game. Exactly, complete opposite of the Miami Dolphins. Um, and you know what? And and I thought this was a slam dunk. I don't like to adjust a team more than two points, so I lowered Washington by two. I wanted to lower them even more. Just a complete no-show at home, but I lowered them two points. So here's what I'm going to do to wrap. I'm going to give a couple of questions that we will put on the Tuesday pod of Straight Out of Vegas AM. Okay. The first one is a conditional question. We're at the third quarter now. Giants-Cowboys are tied. Yes, the teasers look good. If... <laughs> The Giants win. This is the question to pose to Scott Seidenberg. If they don't win, we don't pose it. We act like it didn't happen. And only we know. Only we know. You ready? <coughs> yes. Dun, 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 dun. Here comes the question. Are the New York Giants the worst 3-0 team in the history of the National Football League? Question Wait. number one. What do you think? Well, I know the answer. What? The Carolina Panthers were the worst team last year. Oh, I think Carolina was better than this Giants. You think Carolina last year is worse than this Giants team? Oh, yeah. They were they were bad last year. Well, remember, the market in game four, they were only like four-and-a-half-point dogs to Dallas in Dallas. I think we'll look at the, at the rest of their games where they won two the rest of the year. The Giants yeah. are going to win more. Than- well, you're a scoreboard watcher. I just yeah, tend to think, go with the underlying stats. I think the Giants are going to win more than five this year. And then who with Cam and well, I guess maybe you're right. Maybe you're but this is fun. You say it so begrudgingly. It's no, so no, no, rare. No. Let me You're no no, you're right. I mean say first of all, I didn't first of all, I didn't say the Giants were worse than Carolina. I s- asked the question. You did. I'm just asking. Yes. Okay. Uh <laughs> Question two, and this one, that was a fun. Oh, no, no, no. And that's an only question if they win, obviously. Yes. Yeah. All right. Question two, I'm going to do a, a formal question to AJ about herbs. Here we go. Dum, dum, dum. That's just mentally I do that to get ready. Here it is. <clears throat> Could the case be made that Herbert, though he played a bad game by all appearances, that the tenacity, the toughness, the single-minded doggedness, 
all those words that mean something, I guess. Could we upgrade? Though it was a horrible performance, though they got blown out, though he doesn't win games, it seems, Herbs. Could it be he's even better because of playing so badly this week? Hmm. Great question. <laughs> but, I, but I know what it he— It feels a little loaded. Well, the, well, it's not loaded because I know the answer already. <laughs> what is what? Oh, yeah, he's a good <laughs> strapping large, large young man. He looks great out there, absolutely. Okay. I know the answer already, so— All right. Now, last one is my watch list. Which this is more serious, okay? And I do want them to answer this one, all right? And, oh, these are almost like my first take kind of questions. But, okay, here it is. And I said it earlier. Could we have seen the beginning of a steep decline of Aaron Rodgers and his level of performance? Last couple years, obviously, two-time MVP, top of the game. Now doesn't seem to be that. Is he about... Eighth, ninth, tenth best quarterback in the NFL, maybe even 12th. If he's in that range, it's a precipitous drop off from the last two years. And what does that mean about Green Bay's prospects? I think it's a key question. Excellent. Pepperidge Favre goes from MVP. He's playing at the highest level, beating the Saints as a Viking in the NFC play- in the title game. Teams, right? But this was even with the Vikings. He was great with the Vikings mm-hmm. his first year. And then the second year, washed. But that was with Minnesota, too? Yeah, the second okay. year. The first year with Minnesota, I don't know if he won the MVP or as a candidate. He was phenomenal. Second year, he washed threw, I still remember. He threw across his body. I think, were we, at, were we in the box at MGM? Or were you there with that? I can't recall. I, I, think, I remember that game. I was in Fez the box. losing some of his memory. Yeah. Okay, guys. Good stuff. Now, there's two pods we're doing on Monday. They're separate. It's the look back and the um, market report. We'll be back next week. And also Wednesday, we got our normal pod. Question for you. Yes. So we're going to upgrade this with the two, the, 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 with the Giants in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Should I put that in the AM? No, no, no. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I think if you want the Giants in Dallas postgame analysis, go to SOVAM, Fez's Gas. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. All right, boys. Stay t- hey, I would say next week. No, no, no. Here's the place to be. Stay there. And I won't say you guarantee winning, but our lawyers say you can. No, I wouldn't say guarantee. I'd say guaranteed to be sharper. Yes. Thanks, guys.